Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so we're joined here today by Kevin Levy. Kevin, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, Dave, thanks so much for having me. You know, this is this is my uh, first time ever on a podcast, so I uh, appreciate the invitation. Um, for those that uh, don't know me, I am the uh, president and CEO of Hearing Health and Technology Matters. Um, it's a uh, fairly well-read blog in the hearing and audiology industry, getting about a million and a half uh, views uh, per year. Um, but I am an audiologist. Um, I've been practicing audiology for about 11 years, spent most of that time in private practice, but um, I've also spent uh, four or five years in the uh, in the industry side of things as a trainer, technology support, um, kind of a, you know, fairly well-rounded, kind of been experienced on a lot of different sides of things. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. And, you know, for those listening, um, I've known Kevin for a little while now, uh, hearing health uh, and technology that matters. You know, this is a pretty widely read publication, like he said. And I was really looking forward to bringing him on because, you know, as somebody that's on the media side of the audiology industry, he's obviously reading the news all the time and he's very in the know. And, um, there's just so much that's happening right now within this industry. Um, it's funny. It's like, I think if you look back like 10 years ago, it was kind of a sleepy industry that not a lot of uh, mainstream tech was like really starting to become pervasive and uh, as, as like Bluetooth, the, you know, the advent of Bluetooth and rechargeability, I think that we're seeing uh, just a lot of focus, you know, from a lot of different um, provider, you know, from a lot of different players out there. And so, I've been wanting to have this conversation with Kevin uh, to discuss, you know, just like a whole lot of different um, topics that are sort of sort of pertaining to the change in the in the audiology world right now. So let's start with this new column that you've started. I think it's a really interesting column that uh, really highlights technology and the in the prominent role that it's like increasingly playing. So can you speak a little bit about that column and and where it's going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this this new column, um, you know, this, in, in our industry, I mean, unlike the tech world that, you know, disruption is such a kind of a cliche thing, we're always talking about everything's disruption, disruption, but but really in, in audiology and, and the hearing, the broader hearing industry, um, disruptions become, a very, it has become more and more common the last several years um, as hearables have come onto the scene, connectivity, like I said, Bluetooth, all these technologies that are increasingly becoming available in, in hearing aids and other hearing assistive devices. And so, but that's not really the whole picture, you know, of, of disruption. I mean, so with, with audiology specifically, I mean, there's, there's obviously have the regulation change with OTC hearing aid rules coming out, but, um, but there's been a lot of other things and, and, you know, I kind of wanted in this column to, over the course of it, you know, the next several months to year, we really want to look at like lots of different parts of things that are affecting the hearing industry. So whether it, whether it's, like I said, regulation changes, whether it's um, technology changes in hearing aids, AI, machine learning, 
or um, you know the other the other component that doesn't get as much attention, and that's um, the pharmaceutical and biotech industries and how they're starting to impact our field. There's just a lot of a lot of forces uh, at work from a lot of different angles, and and only a few of them get get most of the um, airtime, so to speak, or or you know visibility. So I really kind of wanted to bring a, a kind of a holistic picture of like, hey, it's not just OTC hearing aids. I mean, there's a lot of different things happening that you know, maybe are a little bit scary, but, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, there's, there's so much um, opportunity and, and some really, some really awesome things happening that's going to benefit, you know, not only, um, you know, professionals, but our patients and, and people with hearing loss. So it's, it's, yeah, it's just something um, that I've been wanting to do for a while. And we've touched on different parts over the years, but, um, but this is kind of a, a, kind of a call. I really wanted to focus and kind of drill down on these different, different uh, factors. Yeah, no, I mean, I've read, I think, have you put out three so far? Yeah, we've done, we've had three so far and we've already got um, two or three kind of in the works right now, but they'll be publishing over the next few months. So to give the listeners a little bit of a preview, let's go one by one on the three that you've done. So the first one was Brandon uh, Sawalich, the Starkey CEO, correct? What was that one entailing? Yeah, so so Brandon, you know, um, a lot of it was, he was kind of... um, he actually, well, he actually had volunteered to be my first uh, interview. He his really nice gesture. I had just told him as an aside when when we were talking about um, <laughs> something else. He just was like, I said, hey, I think I'm going to start this column up where I'm looking at these different disruptions and um, you know. And he said, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll be your first one. So I said, okay. So I took him <laughs> up on the offer, and uh, he um, basically he's kind of kind of touched on a lot of things, but but OTC was a big thing and, and he kind of was giving some advice for people in private practice and sort of um, talking about some of the trends and things that we're seeing. But, but a lot of it was, which I think more and more people are coming to this, this realization that, you know, OTC is not as scary as it, as it was a few years ago to the professional side. And that, and that really it's, it's just going to be a great opportunity because we know it's not going to solve the hearing, like the overall hearing picture for people that, that, that have hearing loss, it might be a good device that will get people kind of, um, that are, that are nervous about going in and get tested or whatever. But a lot of ways it's just the same way reading glasses are, you know, just because people get reading glasses doesn't mean they're not going to go get professional, you know, go in and get tested and things. And so I think, um, you know, Brandon, he addressed a lot of those concerns in that, in that interview and, and, kind of where he sees it and then way he thinks professionals should handle it. And then, and then just a couple other things. I mean, um, there'd been a rumor a few years ago saying, Hey, you know, is, is Starkey going to sell? And that was like one of the questions that we'd asked as well. I mean, just as something like, Hey, there's these rumors going on. I haven't heard too much lately, but he just said, Hey, you know, you never, we're not going to sell our baby. You know, this is, uh, you know, um, kind of, kind of put those rumors to bed. So there's, there's a lot of different, different parts that, that we addressed and that we thought were, kind of topics that, that people were asking questions people have been asking over the years. Yeah, no, I thought that was a really good interview and it was kind of right before the uh, Starkey gala uh, where they, right. um, yep. where they announced, you know, the new wave of, of innovation that they've been working on. And uh, you know, I had Dave Coppathorn on um, yep. right after that event where he attended it and we talked all about it, but I do think it's just um, worth, you know, reiterating that you have, these hearing aid companies like a Starkey that are mm-hmm. really doing some interesting things with this idea of Definitely. this transition into a hearing aid looking more and more like a computer in your ear. Yes. And what 
kind of doors does that open up? And so to your point, I think that, um, you know, you are going to see sort of a bifurcation of the market where you have these premium high-end offerings that I think will appeal to a certain subset of, um, you know, folks with hearing loss and they'll have an increasing amount of really cool features. I think over time, a lot of those features will then move, uh, you know, they'll cascade back down to these um, more, mild to moderate offerings that I think we're going to see some pretty good options. And, uh, you know, it might be in the OTC realm, but it might also be more of just entry level technology that the professionals are going to be dispensing. In my eyes, Mm -hmm. the way I look at it is it's truly a rising tide lifts all ships. I mean, I think everything is getting better, which is ultimately going to benefit the patients. I, I would imagine that the patient satisfaction rate over the past five years with the technology itself has like seen exponential improvements because it really has, we're at a point now where these really small devices and you're seeing it with companies like Apple, like their engineering prowess is really coming in with like AirPods and stuff like that. We're finally at a point in, you know, today's day and age where super small devices like hearing aids can be innovated on in some really, really exciting ways that weren't really available that long ago. So I think a lot of the like core functionality, you know, being able to make sure that these things provide the best, you know, situational and like speech and noise, the best kind of listening experience. But now that that's all sort of like being established and accomplished, it's going to be really exciting to see where things go from there. Exactly. Well, and, 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 you know, to talk about Starkey, I mean, they've, they've really positioned themselves very, very well in terms of um, kind of being at the forefront of integrating AI and sensor technology, which I think mm-hmm. those two areas over the next five years are really going to be taking off um, in hearing devices. And I think you've commented before, I think you've had, you've probably had the, I think you had the valence cell guys mm-hmm. on before as well. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 the sensor technology, I think we're just on the, we're just on the, the cusp of that. I think it's going to be so cool. That's going to be blown up. And that, and the, and the, you know, from the professional side, I mean, as an audiologist, you know, um, what that can mean is that we're going to be more actively involved in, you know, potentially more actively involved in, in coordinating things with primary care and maybe some other specialists, whether that's cardiology or whether that's, you know, um, you know, just, you know, a number of other specialties that, that might, into play that we're not even talking about yet well Um, so one thing i want to mention one thing i want to mention you know uh right before we recorded the conversation you sent me the survey that you guys just conducted it was like 225 audiologists yes one of the things that really caught my attention i'm looking at it right now the top referral source for new patients according to the survey respondents uh almost 60 percent said it was uh doctor or medical referrals so to That's your correct. point, this is something that I've been uh, really trying to like hammer home is that if these things become like truly preventative health tools where exactly. the way I envision it is if you have diabetes or you have hypertension, you know, you have like any list of what these types of sensors are starting to be able to monitor um, and you go to your doctor and they say, you need to wear some sort of monitor to, to actively monitor this, okay? And they're going to give you a list of options. That might include a Fitbit, an Apple Watch, and then they might say, you know what? You might be predisposed to some hearing loss. Let's get you tested. A hearing aid might be a really good option for you now because those things can be worn all day. And so again, again we're at the very, very, very beginning of this, but like 
as the trajectory goes in five years, we might really see the hearing aid be one of the most popular tools that people use to constantly monitor these types mm -hmm. of, um, you know, like things that the sensors can can gauge. So I'm right there with you. And I think that is sort of the starkey. I think that's their vision here. I'm going to be really curious to see if other manufacturers follow suit with embedding the type of PPG sensors that balance cell manufacturers that uh, can, that, that are small enough now, as of like two years yeah. ago, they're now small enough to embed onto a right. hearing aid. So that really is like the bleeding edge of well, I mean, right, this is going. Just even, even before we saw some of the blood pressure sensors and stuff that, that have been unveiled here in the last few months, I mean, uh, the fall detection um, now granted that's an Apple watches, but I mean, that's a, you know, we're talking about in the hearing aid industry, you know, while not all of our patients are elderly, a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's also, I mean, there's, there's just, there's just, I mean, almost an unlimited number of things you can imagine where that could really benefit somebody. You know, if we can, if, if the hearing aid detected a fall and they could send a text message to the person's child or a caregiver, yes. that's a big deal. So I mean, they're like, like you said, we're on the bleeding edge here, but I, but I think the, you know, while there's a lot of quote disruptions happening, the, those are some really, um, really great ones that are going to be very beneficial, I think, uh, in the well, future. It, it like, it, it literally, it, it changes the value proposition of these devices. Exactly. It adds secondary use cases that are really compelling. So just to your point, you know, you think about, the, the, the patient journey to buying a hearing aid takes about seven years, right? Like that's what people quote mm -hmm. as the average sales cycle. Now, if you can, you know, the goal here for a professional is how do you reduce that? How do you make it so that people adopt these things earlier? And so you say, okay, well, you know, today's value proposition, I say, well, this is going to allow for you to live a better life because you'll be able to hear better. Okay, compelling, but maybe that's not going to push me over the edge. Now, if I have a caregiver in the room with you and I say it's going to be able to help you live a better life because you're going to be able to hear better. And oh, by the way, you caregiver, this is going to also add a level of reassurance to you that you're going to have this notification system built into the device that's going to be yep. detecting falls. It's going to be alerting you to the data that's being found, you know, within the within the device uh, to say the person's not getting out of the house. Um, so again, I think what's so exciting about if I were a professional right now, I would be giddy with the prospect of the fact that what you're selling today is about to be dramatically more compelling in my opinion exactly. in terms of not only the person wearing it, but the stakeholders too. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And, and I mean, and to the, to your point, so our survey and, and it's consistent with some earlier surveys we've done a couple of years ago, um, medical referrals being a huge source as far as new patients coming in the door. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a double-edged sword. Um, it, and it has been in the past is that you'll get, you'll get a referral. And that's one of the, if a doctor tells more often than not, as far as acceptance of people getting hearing aids, when the doc, when their doctor tells them, yes, you need a hearing aid, the, the odds of them getting them are much, much higher. But on the flip side of that, if the doctor says, oh, well, your hearing problem's not that bad, you don't mm -hmm. need one, the odds of them getting a hearing aid are dramatically lower. So if we had other compelling reasons, I mean, even just from a standpoint of us being able to dialogue with the medical community on yes. hearing health, if we're able to say, oh, yeah, well, it definitely helps people hear, which, you know, all these studies coming out of Johns Hopkins and all these other really respected institutions that are showing 
the you know the negativity of having untreated hearing loss and yep. all the health benefits of treating hearing loss. If we can then have these other use cases like you know monitoring for falls and all these other health conditions, I mean, like you said, that's incredibly compelling for um, any you know any medical doctor or other health professional. Totally agree with you, Kevin. So let's move on to the second interview that you did. David Cannington, New Hera. David's everywhere now. I just heard him on the VoiceBot podcast <laughs> yesterday. He is, uh, he's really making waves right now, but I really enjoyed that one. So, so give me some yeah. takeaways from that. Well, you know, I, I've, been, I've been saying it for a while. I've been, I've been extremely impressed um, with New Hera's ability, their, their staying power, and how well they've positioned their branding um, in, in the, in both, both sides, they've been able to kind of walk the fine line of appealing to not just the consumer side, but they've done a pretty good job, um, you know, communicating with the, the professional community as well. And they have a lot of really unique aspects like, um, utilization of the NAL, uh, NL2 fitting formula, which the average person listening to this podcast has no idea what that is. But those of us in the hearing aid industry know that's the most common um, algorithm used for fitting hearing aids to mm-hmm. people with hearing loss. So they have a partnership with the National Acoustics Lab, which is really respected in audiology, um, to integrate that into their devices. And, and not only that, you know, they have a they have a great app, um, and and uh, and and David is they've done a really great job of of you know maintaining their staying power in the industry while all these other companies have fallen by the wayside or like Broggy, for instance, who was a pioneer as well, um, you know, ended up getting out of the hardware altogether. They're still on the software side, but you know, there's, uh, New Hero has done a really, really good job of, of kind of appealing to that consumer segment. And he's indicated that, uh, you know, the a lower, the uh, younger, the younger age group has been one of their major, their major drivers or major users. And that's, that, that's like the, the segment that has been very hard to get into hearing aids, you know, so like yeah. if you get people in these hearable devices and they realize there's some benefit, but maybe they're not getting quite enough benefit or maybe they realize they have a problem that might get people in the door sooner. So, you know, it's, 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 I, I think, you know, while the OTC and hearable side, some professionals get a little leery about it. I, I think it's actually going to be fairly beneficial for us. And, and the other thing too, to point out, I think with like hearables and these non-traditional offerings is that just like I was saying earlier, you know, like in this day, this, this time that we live in today, we're sort of at a, a new defining moment where these devices are getting really good. And so I think that first generation devices should not be emblematic of like the technology in today's terms, because even two years difference from generation one to, I believe New Hera is on like generation three. Um, uh, yeah, they're on their third. It's, it's night and day and it's going to continue that way. And so I agree with you. I think that I really appreciate that New Hera has, you know, they're at all the trade shows, they come in mm-hmm. and they're not coming in from the standpoint of we're trying to, you know, we're not trying to steal customers. We're not trying to poach patients away. We're trying to introduce people to this technology through a different offering in hopefully at a different age, at an earlier age. And I think that what's going to be interesting to watch unfold is that, you know, I've been saying this, I said it with uh, Mark Trung, who I just had on, where we talked about this concept of hearing aid genius bars. And I think that what will be really interesting is the practices that adopt the mentality of 
come on in and I'm going to be an expert to match you with the best thing that's possible for you. And I'm going to present you with options. And I think what's cool about New Era is that they provide you with another arrow in your quiver, right? Like you might have, you might say to someone, okay, so here's four different hearing aids. Now your loss is currently at a moderate level and, uh, or it's maybe even like not even at a moderate level, it's more at a mild level. And, you know, so if you don't really want to adopt something that has the type of price point uh, or the form factor as a hearing aid because of the connectivity that you have um, with that, you know, maybe this is a better option for you, you know? And so the beauty of that though, is that you still establish the patient relationship. You still have all of that person's information so that you maintain a dialogue with them to say, okay, you know, it's been three more years. Are you still happy with this? Or do you want to graduate into something new? Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, that's a great point. And, and, you know, we have, you know, as our, we have a pretty large professional audience, um, with hearing health matters and, and, you know, there's people that have really strong opinions on, on both sides of the equation, but, but more and more, um, in my conversations with colleagues and, and just like in the surveys we've done, the, the anxiety and the hesitation that a lot of people held in the beginning, the early days of this stuff, um, it's shifted a lot. And I think people are, are a lot more inclined to be open-minded as, you know, and, and I'll tell you just in my personal, um, experience, I've seen, um, I've had patients come into the clinic and I can think of probably five or six different occasions. They came in, they bought a device online, they realized they got benefit, but they realized it wasn't enough and they needed to come in, have a mm-hmm. real exam and get hearing aids. And, and, and so really at the end of the day, um, rather than be detrimental to the industry as a whole, I think it's probably going to be a big driver for getting people in the door you know, um, yeah. earlier, hopefully that's, that's the, that's the idea is I think, I think we're going to see him even earlier. Yeah. I mean, I think in, uh, the podcast that I listened to yesterday with David, he said the average age now for them, for their patients, uh, are, you know, their users is like, I think he said 55. So they definitely are targeting a younger demographic. And I think that's a good thing. Um, so the third one, this one was really interesting. Uh, the, uh, the pharmacy company, um, the therapeutics company. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been following these guys. So, so what's also really interesting, just to give some background to your reader or your listeners here, um, is the the pharmacy and biotech field. It's not on everybody's radar, but there's been a big, big surge in. I mean, tens of millions of dollars being invested in the hearing space. The really interesting. Year. And, and one, of the, one of the most promising ones that, that I've been following is this company called Frequency Therapeutics. And um, I had a chance to connect with uh, Dr. Carl LaBelle, and he, he's the chief development officer. He's like the guy that's um, helping develop the, what's called FX322. And it is, it's been shown in studies to you know, basically regenerate hair cells in the inner ear restore hearing. They've, they've had a, a doubling of word discrimination ability in, in, in testing. They've seen improvements in hearing. So, I mean, we're talking about treating hearing loss that's supposed to be permanent. Wow. Um, you know, so we're not talking, this isn't going to happen tomorrow, but I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like whether it's frequency or some of these other companies, I mean, we, we legitimately may see one, two, maybe even more companies coming out with 
actual approved FDA approved treatments for permanent hearing loss. So, you know, we get so lost in the technology, which is something that I love, <laughs> but it's like, that is a type of technology that, I mean, it, it is just mind blowing to me that we maybe in a decade could be to the point where somebody could go to the ENT office after they were diagnosed with hearing loss, get an injection and you could restore their hearing. I mean, it's, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, you that would be unbelievable. And yeah, and, and frequency has been, um, they just, they just had an IPO this fall and they just raised an additional $80 million or more, I think off their IPO. And so they're able to continue funding. Um, and they're in the middle of, they're in a two way clinical trial right now, I think, um, with, with, with people. So it's a human trial. Is it, is it, is the company, is this their only product or are they doing all kinds of different things? Oh, they, <clears throat> the type of technology they have, it's, um, you know, I, I can't do it justice here on the podcast. <laughs> you have to yeah. check out their site. Um, but it's called uh, progenitor cell activation and um, they're looking at other, other diseases and other parts of the body where they could regenerate cells that wow. essentially use the same kind of the same formula. But FX322 is their, is their is their big one, and that's the the hearing loss um, drug compound, I guess you can call it. Yeah, yeah. Now I read a lot of science fiction, and uh, it certainly seems as if uh, in a lot of the futures that I read about, there's yeah. the uh, ability to regrow limbs and regrow yeah. all kinds yeah. of different things. So you know, those could all be things here. Science like- science fiction <laughs> tends to kind of become science fact. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a you know, I mean. Just the fact that that's even an, that's potentially an option on the horizon is for a lot of people is just pretty mind blowing. Really yeah. Is. So um, the last thing I really want to talk about with you, um, I definitely need to bring you on again because there's so many different things I want to talk yeah. about. But for today, <laughs> there's one thing that I want to talk about that I think is flying under the radar, but it's really important to point out. Um, mm-hmm. And that is the fact that we are, the, this industry is really starting to abide by the premise of data is the new oil. And what I mean by that is, um, let me back up a step. So again, I was looking at your survey and there are two really clear things and that's in, in the data within the survey. One is that uh, rechargeable hearing aids are growing like crazy. Um, these are being adopted at a very wide scale. And then the other one is that not, you know, lagging far behind is that smart smartphone connectivity is becoming a increasingly more important aspect to the devices. And yeah. what I think is so interesting about this shift to Bluetooth hearing aids and all of the app based, uh, you know, you know, from every hearing aid, you have the companion app that goes along with it. You see the same thing with Nuhera, you know, and the, the apps that those uh, that accompanies with that what I don't think a lot of people are recognizing, or maybe they're just at least not vocalizing, is that the manufacturers of the devices now have so much more insight into Mm -hmm. the demographics of who's wearing their devices. They have a whole lot more insight into the usage data. Um, And I think that there's a lot of, I think that this is ultimately gonna really benefit, it's gonna benefit the consumer, but I think it has ability to really benefit the uh, the providers too, because yes. everybody's becoming way more intelligent about who's wearing hearing aids, where the pitfalls and like the different usability stats, I think are going to really glean some interesting insight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is another, another area I think is, is like you said, probably doesn't get enough discussion because connectivity, I will tell you just a personal story that 
back um, before I had graduated, I went to an audiology conference and I got to demo what was at the time an Oticon Epoch. I think it was probably like 2007. So um, it's been a while, but it was the first Bluetooth hearing aid and had a Bluetooth streamer. And so I, I tested it out at this conference and I listened to the music streaming. I said, oh, this is pretty cool. But, you know, <laughs> who's really going to be using this? Like, this is going to be so few people. And now fast forward. I mean, fast forward now, like when somebody's app stops working, when there's a, a, a phone update, people get angry. I mean, mm -hmm. we've gotten to the point where it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing. And to the point where now it's like, if this doesn't work 100% of the time, I'm going to be really PO'd and I'm going to come, <laughs> I'm going to get mad yeah. and I need you to fix it. Um, because people, the, the, the rate of technology adoption um, from, you know, from a clinician side, we, we see it with, with consumers, the the uptake of, of Bluetooth, it took a little while, but then it really started taking off. But apps seems to have taken off even faster. So the Bluetooth part's been around longer than the apps. But mm -hmm. the apps, um, I mean, uh, you know, the apps have gotten really, really good the last couple of years in, in my experience. And uh, to the point where the ones that have done a really good job, they're intuitive enough that they're advanced enough for somebody that's pretty tech savvy. But yet they're intuitive enough that somebody that's you know, in their 80s can still manage and, and you know, uh, work the apps to adjust their devices too. So, um, you know, it's definitely something that's been pretty phenomenal. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, the data that these companies are going to be able to glean and then hopefully we'll, you know, hopefully they'll share some of that data with us so that we can learn a little bit about some behavior that maybe will be surprising because this this will also help manufacturers improve their algorithms too so not even just the user interface and all that but it'll help them improve the noise algorithms it'll help them um, with amplification algorithms because if they're consistently finding people are making certain changes in certain yes. environments the hearing aids are monitoring i mean if they can start gleaning that data that that will that will certainly improve and it'll just help satisfaction go up so i think that that definitely is is, is a really interesting area Right. Like, I think that this is sort of the, th this is the thing that, that isn't, um, that isn't really, I think top of mind is that if, you know, prior to these app based hearing aids and, and, and different hearables, uh, mm -hmm. you sort of fit that person, you know, maybe you got some demographic information from them in the fitting process and then you send them on their way. And really your only basis of how is this thing performing? Um, the only basis that you go off of is what they're telling you. And so now you can actually see the data and you then apply that at scale so that you have these companies that have thousands and thousands of people out in the field using these things. You can start to detect patterns. And I think mm -hmm. like as machine learning becomes more and more sophisticated, you can layer on the machine learning algorithms to detect things just like you're saying so that, you know, this is how I think like you're already seeing with Phonak, they have, you know, AutoSense and I believe Widex has something too. So yeah. these machine learning algorithms that are sort of like provide, they're, they're the underlying piece um, that's driving the automatic configurations of devices and the automatic programming and stuff like that. This is all going to get better and better and better as time goes. Absolutely. Well, and we've already, um, I mean, if I understand it correctly, I think like to your point, Widex and some of the other companies um, have already have already done updates uh, to their apps as a result of some of the data. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and I think we'll, to your point, we'll see that more and more, you know, as, as time goes on, it will just get better and better. And, and then as, like, like I said, when you start putting machine learning into the picture and be able to really chew and process all that data, that, that'll really glean some really interesting uh, insights into behaviors and, and improvements. I think it's going to definitely be a good, uh, pretty uh, fascinating area to watch. Well, and I think the other thing too that will be interesting to see will be how 
the the manufacturers um, how open they are with this data. You know, particularly around you know, I can almost imagine networks forming around these things. So you, you know, if I'm a, a Starkey, you know, if I, if I dispense their hearing aids, I'm privy to the Starkey network. Um, and, and, uh, you know, this would apply to everything, white X, Signia, whoever. Um, and so you have the insight into here's like my patient's data and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and then also what that could then lead to is this idea, okay, with OTC, we know that there's been a lot of research that's gone in to say that the uh, overall, you know, the, the, the patient's quality of their experience tends to be higher if there is a provider that's involved. So if the manufacturers want to really involve the providers, this could be a really effective lead gen tool too, you know, ways that you can identify, okay, so here are all, all of the, OT, the people that are wearing uh, the OTC devices, you know, for our products. Um, and we want to funnel them toward providers in time. So here are some really hot leads of like, okay, this person's been wearing an OTC device for two years. Um, and, and so you get this insight. And then again, yep. I just look at it from like a consumer acquisition standpoint of this could be a really good way to to drive that. And it'll be interesting to see if the the manufacturers position the data in such a way to really drive people toward providers where they know that, you know, as uh, you progress into higher levels of the technology, um, having that hands-on experience with the provider, uh, it matters more and more as the severity goes up. And, and it does. And I mean, and I can just tell you my own personal experience because, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, seeing all these people that have bought these amplifiers, you know, over the internet, yeah. off TV. And I mean, and then they come in and then you get a chance to really sit down and explain their hearing results and what's going to work best. And I mean, and then they do great. Um, but yet they were struggling with that device. So, I mean, there is a time and a place for some of these starter devices. And, and, but the data is very, very clear that, that having a professional is, is definitely going to be, um, you know, the, what makes the difference. But to your point, I think um, <clears throat> it'd be wise for the manufacturers to either partner with, Mm -hmm. Some of these OTC manufacturers, whether it's like a new Hira or some of these other companies out there um, that, like you said, maybe like after so many months of use or if it notices certain certain triggers that, that it will pop up and say, hey, you should consider getting a professional hearing exam and talking to and having a consultation mm -hmm. or something and, and kind of driving that um, you know, that, that, uh, point. So, so whether the manufacturers are going to see this and they're going to want to start buying up these companies, that that's certainly something that we're yep. going to watch, but, um, remains to be seen. Um, a lot of them are kind of keeping their distance cause they're, they're just kind of watching, but, but I think that may be the direction we're going. And I, and I think as far as patient care is concerned, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, as an audiologist, we don't, we definitely would like to see that, you know, it's just like if somebody buys a pair of reading glasses, if there was some way to trigger them, say, Hey, maybe we should go have an eye exam. Doctors <laughs> love that. But, um, but I mean, the, the, the principles there, and I think the technology is certainly there. Um, you know, and I, I just think there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of really, um, interesting and, and, and fascinating things to kind of watch over the next few years. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think we're, uh, for somebody like me, that's like, uh, you know, really interested of, of the technology side. Um, it, it's just getting more and more interesting. I think that yeah. I'm, I'm excited to just really watch this all unfold. It, it feels just like there's more and more momentum. Um, I think mm -hmm. some of that's fueled by just what's happening on the consumer side. I mean, it can't be 
I can't be reiterated enough. Like what's happening with AirPods is truly a phenomenon at this point. Oh my gosh. And, and it's, yeah. it's driving people to make them aware, like this is kind of cool having something in my ear for longer periods of time. And I think that, you know, we're going to see more and more, um, media that's designed specifically for these things. We're going to see more functionality, more apps, all kinds of things. And the beauty of all of that is that all that stuff that's largely being driven by the consumer market, there's going to like, we're going to be the beneficiary of it too. Because already. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and, and when Apple integrated their, their decibel meter, I mean, we've already been Watch seeing that. people come in because um, they got a trigger that said that they were being exposed to loud noise. So I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunities, and when, when you start getting these big, big tech companies involved, like an Apple, I mean, that's only going to help because it's just driving awareness to totally a great segment of, of the, you know, the, the world, frankly, that, that maybe is, is just not on the radar. I mean, as much as we wish that everybody paid attention to their hearing health, <laughs> we know that the reality is very few people it's on their radar. So, um, you know, so that I think the more we can get those companies involved and, um, you know, doing the right thing, hopefully, um, would be, is just going to help everybody. Could not agree more with you, Kevin. So share with everybody, where can we find the column and, and where can we follow yeah, you yeah. and so, everything you guys are doing? Absolutely. So I appreciate that. So it's, it's hearinghealthmatters.org. So hearinghealthmatters.org. And our, my, the column, it's called Hearing Healthcare 2020. Um, and it's, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be at least monthly. Um, and it's in the, it's, it's in the innovations in hearing blog. So we have several blogs, uh, several different editors on our site. Um, and, uh, we do news, we do opinion pieces on, on our site. So it's kind of, kind of covers a lot of different, um, aspects of the hearing industry in general, but the innovations in hearing is, is the blog and the column is hearing healthcare 2020. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for everybody who tuned in and stayed here till the end. We will chat with you next time. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.